Christmas pop quiz. Is stealing okay? No! Were you expecting a trick question? As a rule, stealing is wrong. A few years ago, after working to prevent a con man who was trying to steal thousands of dollars from an elderly woman, some of you who were with me that morning over at Coffee with the Pastor on Wednesday, you may remember that week. Anyway, the police chief and I were talking about it later, and he was really frustrated about how hard it is to catch people who are running cons. And I remember he said, I hate thieves. And I laughed and I said, it's probably a good thing for the chief of police to be against stealing. Stealing is wrong. Right before Jesus came on the scene, John the Baptist was preparing the way with these words. Produce fruit that shows you have changed your hearts and lives. The crowd asked him, What then should we do? He answered, Whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none, and whoever has food must do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. They said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? He replied, Collect no more than you are authorized to collect. Soldiers asked, What about us? What should we do? He answered, Don't cheat or harass anyone and be satisfied with your pay. John is baptizing all these people with these challenging expectations that if we can live with justice, justice that ensures that everyone will have enough, enough food, clothes, shelter, health care, then each one of us needs to learn to be content. So it starts with justice, sharing for the common good. And justice is hard. Sharing is hard enough. It's the Joy Sunday, so I I had to sneak in the cat video. There you go. There is something very basic inside of us that resists sharing. There's this part of of our, maybe our animal nature that fears that if we share, we might not get enough. There is something in each of us that goes against what the prophet John was teaching. He was trying to teach us to learn to be content with what we have, to share. We don't do contentment well. We often see striving for more as admirable and having more and having better as a sign of success. You know this. You see this. To learn how to be content means changing your heart and your life. It means each day being mindful of the decisions that you make. It means learning how to share with a glad and a willing heart. So I'm going to have a little challenge for you later to to practice sharing and learning to be content. 
Anyway, way back, way back, there were these early radical Christians that took this even a step further. Shane Claiborne is a a modern-day prophet. Um, He is a person who once worked with Mother Teresa in India, and then he also worked on staff at with Bill Hybels, uh, he was a famous preacher at the Willow Creek Megachurch. It's a church that's even bigger than CORE. Take a listen to him. In, in the early church, there is a real sense that um, our rebirth has to affect our economics and how we care for the, 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 our, our neighbor. And so John the Baptist will say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But he'll also say, and if you've got two tunics, you need to give one away. That that the early Christians would say, if we've got two coats, we've stolen one. Because there are still people that are cold on the street. And we we don't have a right to hold what's more, more for ourselves than we need while others have less than they need. If you had two coats and someone else didn't have one, it was... Stealing? Stealing? You were obligated in this way of thinking, maybe even forced to share. How about that? How would that go over? That, that's hardcore. It got me wondering if the chief of police would think of enforcing a law that defines stealing as not sharing. For those early Christians, though, it wasn't just about learning to share and to be content. They believed that not living as simply as you can, as aesthetically as you can, and not sharing, that that was tantamount to stealing, a a crime. And over the centuries, there have been other movements that have gone in this direction. They believed that people won't choose to share, that sometimes they need to be forced to for the common good. When there are those who say that the Christian church has been around for 2,000 years, and yet we still have poverty, we still have ethnic and racial division, so they say it's time to try a new approach. Some say that if you have a deeply held spiritual conviction that you can insist that others treat your conviction as the law for everyone. This is tricky territory. It gets us into the struggle about how we use political and economic power in our communities and in our nation. So I want to suggest something. Patience. The season of Advent is about the almost, but the not yet. As a Messiah, Jesus disappointed some. They they expected him to come and overthrow the Romans. He didn't. Instead, he taught a different way of choosing to live a way of living in communities that that, that tore down the divisions of his day. And within those communities, within these communities that were called church, they demonstrated a better way of living that would change people's hearts and lives. 
was about choice. It was, it was about trusting that even in the midst of the corruption in this world and the tyranny, that God's will will be done. It was about choosing to embrace joy even after being conquered and sent into exile. And it was in a situation just like that that the the prophet Isaiah wrote these words. God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. Yes, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. You will draw water with joy from the springs of salvation, and you will say on that day, Thank the Lord. Call on God's name. Proclaim God's deeds among the peoples. Declare that God's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, city of Zion, because the Holy One of Israel is great among you. Choose to shout and sing for joy, even in these dark days. Choose joy in the face of tyrants and and bullies who care nothing for you. Choose to trust that God is not done with any of us, no matter how much we mess things up, how much suffering we create, God will still find a way to again move this world toward peace and justice. This earth can heal from all wounds. God's power is the the power of wind and water on rock. Over time, with patience. The world will change. People will evolve. Shane Claiborne is not one of those who believes that not sharing is a crime. Instead, he and his church community, which is a, a formed as a new monastic community in Philadelphia, where they live trying to emulate Jesus. A few years ago, the the city of Philadelphia passed a law that prohibited people from sharing foods on the streets. You know, you got to keep up the food safety standards. So rather than to get into some political fight with, with City Hall, the people of the Simple Way Church, this community decided to consecrate the meals that they served to the poor as Eucharist, as communion, which, once consecrated, is no longer considered food. It becomes a religious observance. Clever. Gets me thinking about how God might use this church community to be a blessing in new and creative ways. How we might be a beacon for justice that ensures that Everyone will have enough. That there is enough food, clothes, and shelter, and health care. And this all brings me to my challenge for you in this week ahead as we head into Christmas. Some of you may remember Kristen Phillips. 
She and Purnell were a part of this church community and regulars for years at Wednesday coffee with the pastor. She took her, her life just a little over a year ago. Once, years ago, I had this TV that just kept dying. It just would just die and turn off. And I found that if I took the TV all apart and I took out the system board and I put it in the oven and baked it at 350 degrees for 10 minutes, the broken solder would melt just enough and the TV would work again for a while. And this went on for years. And I just kept baking my TV. She and Purnell thought that was pretty funny. And one day, Kirsten and Purnell came by our house and brought me their TV. Financially, they were one of the poorest couples in this church community. And they brought me their TV because they had another one. I was so humbled. Produce fruit that shows you have changed your hearts and lives. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? He answered, whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none. And whoever has food must do the same. And it doesn't matter if you're two or 102. I challenge you to, to look around at what you have. And I challenge you to find something that, that you value and that you have more than you need, whatever that may be, and give that thing to someone this week. Maybe you've got an extra chair that blessings abound could find a home. Maybe it's a TV. Maybe you know a young person who is trying to get started in life and could use a little help, and I don't know, you've got an extra $100 bill sitting around. Whatever it is, pray. Pray that God leads you to share one thing that you have. Now, don't buy anything new. Just share. And then tell me about it. Write down or make a video about what it was and why you felt right to share. I'll keep it anonymous if you wish, but here's what I'd like. On, on Christmas Eve at our candlelight communion worship service, I'd like to take a few of these stories and make them our offering for the birth of Jesus, our sharing. I think that's a gift that he'd appreciate. Amen.